Hey, I'm Michael, online pastor at Silverdale Baptist Church, and I'm excited to welcome you to our podcast. Now, after you listen to this episode, I hope you'll stick around for just a moment. I'll be sharing about some resources we have for you, as well as a few things going on at Silverdale right now that we would love for you to be a part of. Now, I really hope this podcast is just what you need today to help you in your relationship with Jesus. Listen, if I've not had a chance to meet you before, my name is Maddie and I serve here as a part of the team on our Bonnie Oaks campus. And before we talk this morning, and here's what I just want to share with you. What many of you don't know or may not know um, is that several of our worship team that you see kind of rotating on and off the stage over the last several weeks and even several months have been through some really difficult things, but yet they show up week after week. And they lead us to the throne of Jesus in worship. So here's what I'd love for you to do with me this morning. Can we just celebrate them together for just a moment this morning and what they do? I mean, it's a a real gift that they continue to point us to the truth of who Christ is. In, In March of 2020, we as a church did what many others did and, and something that we thought that we would never do. And like churches, businesses, schools, all across the nation and the world, we closed our doors for a season of time as we navigated the unknown waters of COVID-19. Right, then over the next several months and, and even couple years, we've worked hard to get back to normal. However, as we've done that, as we've navigated those months and years, what our pastor has taught us as a staff and as a church, and what we've learned is that we won't ever make it back to what was normal. Right? That in, in fact, in many ways, we are a new church. We are a different church. That we, Silverdale Baptist Church, are different today than we were in March of 2020. Let me try to explain that a little bit to you. Statistics tell us that during and post-COVID, 20% of people who attended church have stopped going to church altogether. So 20% of people who came to church here prior to March of 2020 have stopped coming to church altogether. And maybe you know some of that 20%. Maybe they're family members, maybe they're friends, maybe they're colleagues who once church shut down have decided that they're not going to go to church anymore. And maybe there's some legitimate reason to that. We've each got our own opinions about that, I'm sure. But 20% of people stopped coming to church altogether. Statistics also tell us that an additional 20% of people stopped attending the church they were attending prior to COVID and now attend somewhere else. Maybe that was because one church asked you to wear a mask or not wear a mask. We won't get into that debate this morning. Praise the Lord. Maybe some took it as a get out of jail free card and I'm not going to serve in this ministry anymore. If I just choose to go somewhere else, I won't have to do whatever it may be. Maybe some, it was just purely convenience. They chose to go somewhere that was closer to home. But whatever the reason, 20% started attending a church somewhere different. And what I want to do is give us a little bit of context this morning for what that means for us. Right, so from January of 2019 through February of 2020, we averaged about 3,800 people in attendance here at Silverdale on a weekly basis. That's across all of our campuses. We averaged about 3,800 people in attendance. So based on those statistics that I shared with you, and and I also realized this, that 65% of statistics are made up on the spot. But in theory, based on those statistics, 
760 people left Silverdale and are not going to church anywhere anymore. 760 people on March of 2020 walked out of the doors at Silverdale and have never walked back into the doors of any church, let alone Silverdale Baptist Church. Then in addition to that, another 760 people left our church to go attend somewhere else. Again, maybe it was somewhere closer to home. Maybe they decided to go with a family member. Maybe there were some extenuating circumstances, but they left Silverdale and they've chosen to go somewhere else, which would drop that number to right at 2,280 people who were a part of our church prior to COVID that are still a part of our church today. Now in 2022 so far, this calendar year, the average of our church attendance January through the end of July has been 4,094 people. So let's use round numbers, right? I'm not much of a mathematician. I don't wanna show you how not smart I am. So we'll just call it 4,100 people for this morning, which tells us this, that about 45% of our church is potentially brand new to Silverdale in the last year to year and a half, 45%. Let me try to give you a visual of what that means. If you are sitting in any of these three sections, would you stand for me this morning? Go ahead and stand. That in our church right now, in this room, just this room alone, there's the potential that this many people have attended Silverdale or began attending Silverdale for the first time inside of the last year to year and a half. That's incredible. Can we celebrate that this morning? That is nuts. You guys can go ahead and take a seat. So here's what that means for us. Here's what that means to me. Here's what that means to our pastoral staff. Here's what that means to those of us who've been around Silverdale, that there are maybe some things that we've taken for granted over the years, right? That there may be some things that we've assumed people know at this point about who we are as a church and why we do what we do that some of you probably don't know. So what I wanna do this morning is I wanna share why you hear us so often talk about small groups. I wanna help you see why small groups are so important to us as a church. Our church has three core values, which if you've been around for any length of time, you've heard us share these. Our three core values are worship, grow, and serve. And you can find those hidden in the body of our mission statement, which reads this. Silverdale exists to lead people into an authentic relationship with Christ so they'll worship God, grow in their faith, and serve Him in our community and our world. We want to lead people, we want to lead you into an authentic relationship with Christ so that you'll worship, grow, and serve. That's why we talk about next steps so often around here because just seeing someone come to faith in Jesus is only a small part of the mission statement. It's only the small part of what God has called us to do as a church. Seeing you begin a relationship with Christ, so many of you did that last week, that's a small part of what we do. We're not here to make converts, we're here to make disciples. And we wanna see you come to faith in Jesus and then we wanna see you grow in your faith. We wanna see you begin to serve. We wanna lead you into an authentic relationship with Christ so you worship, grow, and serve. For us, growing in our faith and small groups are almost synonymous with each other. 
Right? We believe that small groups are the primary vehicle of discipleship, that they are the primary vehicle by which spiritual growth will occur in our lives. Therefore, we, listen, we don't see small groups just as a ministry program. We don't see small groups just as this good idea. Right? We don't see it as Sunday school that you've got to pick a class to go to. We believe as a church that if we're going to live out our mission, if you as an individual follower of Christ are going to live out the calling that God has on your life, if you're going to be a healthy, growing believer, then being a part of a small group is going to be crucial to that. Being a part of a small group is going to be vital to your spiritual growth as you do life in community with other people. So what I wanna do this morning is I wanna give you five reasons why we as a church believe in small groups, why we believe they're so important for you, and then I want you to hear about how small groups is impacting some lives. So if you're taking notes, here's the first thing I want you to write down, that we experience God best in community. We experience God best in community. We believe that a follower of Jesus will flourish in the context of healthy Christian community and that we are wired to desire it. We desire community, right? We join gyms, we join golf clubs, community centers, book clubs, Bible studies, you name it. We join it and we wanna be a part. That's why so many of you every Saturday in the fall, you don your orange even though you know your heart is about to be shattered into a million pieces. But you've got to be a part. You want to be a part. Go Vols. <laughs> we desire community. We desire to be a part of something. Genesis 2.18 says this, it's not good for man to be alone. And God's not just talking about the context of relationship between man and woman. He says it's not good for us to be alone. We are made for community. Just think about it with me for, for a second. Cheating on your spouse, depression, suicide, addiction, bullying. The list could go on and on and on of issues and problems that you can more often than not trace back to feelings of isolation and loneliness from not being a part of something, from not being connected to something. Listen, what I'm not saying is that you experience God best when you're around other people. There are lots of places I go where I'm around other people and have no community. Some of you walk in this room week after week after week and you're around hundreds of people and you have no community whatsoever. But what we do believe is the follower of Christ will flourish when they are in a place where they know people and are known by people. Just two weeks ago, our church hosted Vive Camp. Right, it's our student ministry camp. It was incredible three days where God moved in powerful, powerful ways. The worship is awesome. The teaching is great. It's solid, biblical, Bible teaching. But arguably the most impactful and important part of Vive Camp is this thing called tribes. So what's a tribe, right? In tribes, we take a group of teenagers, a group of peers, all in the same grade, and we throw them into one big group. And we give them a color, we get them to pick a name, they create chants and all kinds of craziness. And all of a sudden, what you do is you take these isolated and lonely teenagers and you put them in a group of people where now they're a part of something. 
Now they've got an identity. Now they're a part of a community. And then we take that community of believers and inside of that, we break them down into small groups. And every student gets to be a part of a small group. So now they've gone from this community that they're a part of, they have an identity, and they're a part of a small group where they know other people and they're known by other people. And we would argue that tribes become the breeding ground for everything that God does at camp as students experience God in the context of community. We believe that if you will be a part of a small group, that'll be the vehicle by which God begins to do incredible things in your life. It'll be the vehicle by which you see change in your life because you'll experience God best in community. The second thing that small groups do is this. Small groups give us perspective. They give us perspective. Small groups help us move from a place of self-centeredness and selfishness to a place of selflessness. I want you to write this down this morning. My awareness of a need is my invitation to meet that need. My awareness of a need is my invitation to meet that need. We live most all of our lives taking care of me, myself, and I. Right, we make sure that our needs are met. We caress and manipulate situations to our advantage. But when we live life in Christian community, we gain perspective and we quickly realize that life isn't all about us. When we're part of a small group and we have genuine Christian community where we are known and know others, it's inevitable that at some point those people you do life with will have a need. Maybe they need a babysitter. Maybe they need a meal. Maybe they need correction. Maybe they need encouragement. Maybe they need somebody to listen. And when we're in Christian community with other people, our awareness of a need is our invitation to meet that need. It's a change in perspective. And then love and selflessness will allow us to meet that need. Paul says in Romans 12 that we are all members of one body. Small groups allow us to see and experience that and they give us the right perspective when it comes to being a part of the body of Christ. This is a silly illustration, but when my wife was pregnant with our second son, Parker, she decided one Wednesday night that she was gonna go to Panda Express to eat dinner, fault number one, right? I'm just kidding. I really like Panda Express, actually. That's just free. Uh, so anyway... <laughs> Squirrel. So she goes to Panda Express, right? She's got done in. She's packing up her leftovers. She puts them in the car and she takes them in the bag and she picks up my oldest son, Preston. Preston was two or three at the time. And she's got her, her pregnant belly and, and, you know, right out of Panda Express on Gun Barrel, you've got those steps that lead down into the parking lot. Well, she begins to make her way down the steps and she loses her footing. Right now, I know you're worried my boys were perfectly fine. She, however, was not. And I go and I pick her up and I get her home and I'm like, baby, it's just bruised. Think you're gonna be okay. Just take a couple of time along and go to sleep and we'll, we'll figure it out in the morning. Well, by the time we woke up in the morning, this foot now looked like a big black balloon. I was like, maybe we need to go see a doctor. Long story short, Tabitha had broken her foot. So she spent the next several months pregnant, having baby with newborn baby in a boot. However, over the months after she came out of the boot, and even to the next year and recently six or so months ago, she would have this really sharp pain in her right hip opposite the foot that she'd broken, right? And what was happening was her hip was compensating for her foot. Because when you are a member of a body, when our parts are all, all part of one body, one part compensates for the other. Right? If there's a need in one place, one other part of our body will compensate. And I know it's a silly example, but that's what happens in the body of Christ. When there's a need, 
another part of the body steps in to meet that need. Small groups gives us a change of perspective. Here's the third thing that small groups do is they provide us with accountability. To be known when we talk about Christian community is something much more than knowing superficial things about each other, right? I'm in a small group and in my small group, I know that Hunter likes to hunt and fish, which is kind of ironic, right? I know that Mike likes to work out. I know that Andrew cries when he watches The Princess Diaries. I know that Worm chooses to go to the drag strip. Like that's his choice. He does not made to go, he chooses to go. I know that Colby listens to John Piper sermons for fun. It's all surface level. It's all superficial stuff. But what small groups does is it'll put us in an environment where we get to know people, where they know our strengths and their weaknesses. They know our, our gifting. They know what keeps us up at night. They know what makes us toss and turn. The Apostle Paul, when he was writing to the church in Galatia, in Galatians 6, he said this, verse 2. He said, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Accountability has gotten this really weird rap in Christian circles, and maybe you're familiar with this, right? We talk about accountability and calling out each other's sin and, and holding each other accountable to the holiness, and it's just weird. Like, sure, there's this element of correction inside accountability. There's this element of, of, of helping people walk out their faith, but when I think about accountability, I think about coming alongside somebody and helping them finish something that they started. When I think about accountability and I think about coming alongside somebody who's struggling, somebody who's hurting and coming alongside and propping them up in such a way that we get to finish what they began. I think about the Christian walk, right? And how hard and how difficult it can be. And as I think about accountability, I think about coming alongside brothers and sisters and saying, hey, I see you struggling. I see you hurting and I've got your back, buddy. I'm gonna help you figure this out. I'm gonna help you run your race. I'm gonna come alongside you and hold you accountable. I'm gonna hold you up. Small groups provides an environment where we bear one another's burdens. We provide accountability to and for each other. Here's the four things small groups do. They provide us a place to discover, develop, and use our gifts. They provide a place where we can discover and use our gifts. In a context of small groups, we get to discover what our gifting is. We get to discover the way God has wired us and then we get to use those gifts. First Peter 4.10 says this, as each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another. We've all been gifted by God in unique ways to serve the body of Christ. And when we immerse ourselves in Christian community, we're afforded the opportunity to figure out what those gifts are, to develop them and then use them. Maybe you've got the gift of hospitality, right? That is not my gift. But you use your gift to serve others. And in the context of your small group, maybe you're the host of your small group and you get to use your gift of hospitality to make people feel welcome in your home. Maybe you feel like God is calling you to teach. Maybe you've got that gift and maybe somebody's looked at you and said, hey, I see this in you. I think this is a gifting that God has given you and it's in the context of a small group that you get the opportunity to learn and develop that skill. Small groups allow us and afford us the opportunity to discover, develop, and use our gifts. Here's the last thing that small groups do. Small groups are a microcosm of the church. Small groups are a picture of what the church could and should look like. On a smaller scale, small groups should mirror the same love, the same compassion, the same care, the same prayer that we've come to experience as a part of the church. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says this, let us consider how to stimulate one another or to stir up one another 
to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another. Paul is talking about the church, but the same principles apply to our small groups. Small groups are designed to be a microcosm of the community that we experience in church. Now listen, it's easy for for me to stand here and talk to you about small groups and tell you all the things that you'll experience as a part of a small group. But it's important for us to see and know how this fleshes out practically. So here's what I've done this morning. I've asked a couple of my friends to come and and Zach and Aaron are gonna join me on stage and they're gonna talk to us a little about small groups and their experience in small groups. So if you can welcome them to the stage this morning for me. Zach, why don't you go ahead and tell us just a little about you and and how you landed at Silverdale and, and your time here and even just a little about your experience with small groups. Awesome. Aaron, tell us the same thing. Just tell us about your experience here at Silverdale and even your experience with small groups. Okay, my name is Aaron. Uh, some of y'all, like Maddie, like to call me Odie. But I've been coming here with me and my wife for five years. Uh, she's, she actually grew up coming to this church. Um, and as far as small groups, we are actually real fresh in small groups. We started back in April, late April, early May. And it's, uh, it's truly been a blessing to our lives. So, Odie, we talked about experiencing God best in the context of community and in the context of, of really small groups. How have you seen that play out in your life? Yeah, so as far as like community goes, I just w- want to touch base on how the first time I saw being in a community, and uh, it was uh, through Vive Camp and then through mission trips. But then I thirst for that fellowship on a weekly basis, and, uh, and I'd survive was like once a summer, and then mission trips was whenever it was available for me and convenient, but whenever we was able to find a small group with Zach and them and have that fellowship on a weekly basis, it was, it was just awesome. Yeah. Zach, you mentioned there just a second ago that you were in a small group, you were part of a small group, and then there was this moment for you that came up where you're like, we, we're going we're gonna to step out and we're going to lead a small group. Talk to us a little about what that, what that looked like for you. Like, what was God doing in your life at that time? Why would God lead you out of a group to start a group? Okay, so we were in a group um, that for about six or seven years that was really, those were our people. Um, some of the most, uh, the most lasting friendships we've, we've created uh, were created inside the, the bounds of that small group. And so we're, we're there and... Um, and, but we had found that we experienced God best in community, and we had found that in that small group. And we felt God telling us that that, that awareness of what we were experiencing needed to be made available to other people. And we looked around, 
and the church needed more. Uh, there was, especially for people like me, you know, we were five years, six years married with young kids, and that was a booming demographic in our church that needed, needed more opportunity. So the awareness of that led us to pray and say, so what, what does that look like for us? And so we had to, to step away from that community of, not that we've stepped away from the friendships, but from that small group community to start another one. Um, and instantly, ours was full. Like, the day we set it up, like, it was full the first Sunday. And full of people that we didn't know. Um, full of people who had never been in community. Full of people who had never been in a small group. So the need was there, um, and we were just obedient to, to what God asked yeah. us to do. And your obedience to, to follow what the Lord was, was doing in your life, your awareness even, like we kind of talked about earlier, that, that your life is not about you, has led you and your wife to start a small group that is now influencing Aaron's life, which is just such a beautiful picture of the way God works. Aaron, you and I have talked about small groups for a long time before yeah. you ever quite joined a small group. Um, and I know there were some reservations, some hesitations, which are not unique to you. I know that there are probably many of us in the room that have some similar reservations, some similar hesitations. Talk us through what were some of those for you and, and, and how did you get past those? Like, what did that look like for you? So I want to hit on like three real quick things that made us as a couple hesitate, I guess you would say. is uh, First one's time, right? So we always act like we don't have enough time. Uh, Either our work schedule's so busy or our kids are doing this, doing that, but everybody has the exact same 24 hours in the day as the other person. So if Maddie and Zach and other people can find time for a small group, I can find time for a small group. So me and my wife, we, we got the time settled, but then the next thing was childcare. So we didn't want to be a burden on anybody and like give our daughter away to my parents or her parents or anything like that. And, it just being inconvenienced, but so we found out that we have childcare in small groups, and so that was super convenient. So check that one off. And then so, uh, but the next thing is uh, pride, right? So I think uh, as a man, that holds a lot of us back. Being able to share your testimonies and letting yourself vulnerable and putting yourself out there for other people—it's hard, right? But through God's grace and mercy and through great people like Zach and being in our small group and I see a bunch of other people here that's in our small group as well but they made it so comforting to be there like they were there for us they were there to pray for us and and uh it's just been a true blessing yeah hey obviously there is you know some visible emotion and and I know you and your story and I know some of that is tied into just even this morning, these moments, reflecting on what God has done in your life, right, and, and where he's brought you from and to. And, uh, but I also know that some of that's tied into being a part of a small group at this point. And talk to us, what is it about being a part of a small group for you that, that elicits some of that emotion, that kind of brings some of that out of you this morning? So one cool thing about a small group is I'm not the only one that's gone through stuff, right? And so being able to experience multiple people that have either gone through the same stuff that me and my wife has gone through or me as a person, it's, uh, it's, it's humbling, right? So I'm not the only one with struggles in this world and be able to have someone there to pray for me on a, not even a weekly basis, but a daily basis. We, we just had a couple in our small group uh, that just needed prayers this week. And so we got small group texts and 
and they just sent out the text and asking us for their prayers. So I'll just stop doing exactly what I was doing and while I was at work and literally pray for this couple. And it's, it's easy, right? Yeah. It's going from, from isolation, right, from feeling like I'm the only person, I'm the only one that's experiencing this into a community and realizing, wow, I'm not alone, that there are other people just like me. Right. Uh, Zach, if, if, you know, if I was to snatch somebody out, like I see Logan sitting right over here, and if I was to grab Logan and sit down and, and he looks at you and says, man, I'm just not sure about this whole small group thing, like, I don't know that I really want to do that, what would, you, what would be your advice to him? What would be your encouragement to Logan about being part of a small group? I think a lot of it has to do with your perspective. Um, you know, you, you talked about it's, it's the me, me, me mentality. Um, and, and maybe your initial step towards small group isn't about you at all. Maybe um, the Lord has blessed you with a story. Um, you've experienced something. And chances are either someone's going to have experienced that in your small group or someone's about to experience that in your small group. Um, and so I, even I can look back, and, and in our old group we had – NICU stays, we had, um, we had babies born, we had deaths, we had miscarriages, we had all these things, and I saw the Lord teach me things through each of those seasons, and now I'm in a season of life with new people, and I see the same things being repeated, because we're still in a broken world, like it's still happening, um, but I have things that I've gleaned from my relationship with the Lord from back then that I can now take and put in this future group, um, and and. and it's for his glory. Like he, he taught you those things so that you can send it forward to the next generation. So maybe it's not about you. Maybe that's what you need to, to hear to get started in a small group, but just do it. And, uh, and, and don't get, don't get stuck in one. Like if you, if you go or if you come to mind and you don't like it, that's fine. Like I, I want you to find one that, that works for you. Um, but, but don't be afraid, even if you're six years into your favorite group with your best friends to say, yes, Lord, like, Let's go to this other one because I know that there's, there's things over there that I need to do as well. Amen. Can we give these guys a round of applause as they head off? Thank you guys so much. You know, what I love about what Zach just said there at the end is, is that it's not about you, right? That your, your faith journey, your Christian walk is not about you. And we've told you this morning about how small groups are gonna impact you, what you'll get out of being a part of a small group. But what we also believe is that God wants to use you to do that in somebody else's life. God wants to use you to prop somebody else up. God wants to use you to see somebody else grow. And over the next six weeks, we're about to begin a church-wide study um, called Making Disciples, Disciples Making Disciples. And, and there's no better time for you to join a small group than right now because over the next six weeks, every small group is going to be doing the same thing. We're all gonna be doing the same study. So you can go week one somewhere, go week two somewhere, week three somewhere, and everyone's gonna be the same thing. You're never gonna get behind. You're never gonna feel like you're interrupting on something. You're gonna be doing the same thing. So my encouragement to you this morning it's to step out and join a small group. Listen, I know that there's a hesitation too. Aaron didn't talk about this, but there's this, there's this weird part that we think if I go somewhere, then I gotta go somewhere else because I didn't like it, that we have this awkward breakup, right? Where it's like, it's not you, man, it's me. You know, I'll, I'll call you, like, thanks. Our small group leaders expect you not to show up again. I mean, really, like, that's how we prep them is that if someone comes and visits your small group for the first time, don't expect them to show up back the next week. Because while you think you're normal, you're actually really weird and people are gonna figure that out pretty quickly. So they expect you not to show up. If you happen to show up for week two, it's like a miracle, you know what I mean? Like they're ecstatic that somebody showed back up again. It's an expectation. 
that maybe you won't come back after the first week. What's important to us is not that you're in a group, it's that you're in the right group with the right people, that you can do life together. And we've made it as simple as possible. All you gotta do is go to silverdellebc.com slash small groups. There are two tabs right there on that page. There's one that says, I'm looking for a small group and you can click it and it'll bring up uh, this directory and you can filter through in a variety of ways to find a small group that fits you. Or there's another tab that says, I need help finding a small group. If you'll click that, give us a name and a phone number. What our team would love to do this week is call you, ask you some questions about what it is that you're looking for, and we'll connect you to the small group that we think would be a great fit. But again, I, I want to preface that with it's just a group that we think is going to be a good fit. If it's not, give us a call back. Let's find you another group. All right, I'm, I'm going to pray for us. Would you stand with us this morning? I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to continue to worship this morning. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for what you're doing here at Silverdale Baptist Church, God, what you're doing in and through the vehicle of small groups. God, thank you for Zach and for Aaron and for their wives, Christina, for Kenzie. God, for the way that you're using them to see other people grow. God, we pray that that is each of our stories. God, that you'd move powerfully in our lives so we would see other people grow, that we would grow in our faith. God, that we would be committed to the mission that you've called us as a church to, that we would worship, grow, and serve. God, we love you. It's in the powerful name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called The Seven Commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands, and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses, or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. You know, there's so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing here at Silverdale, and we really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please, stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on the different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.